0: Welcome to my podcast, Well To Do. I'm Andy Lou. I know it rhymes. (laughs) Uh, But this podcast is all about helping you to have an abundance of wellness. Hence the pun, well to do. And there's so many things we need to do to be well. And this episode is just with me alone. There's no special guest, there's no expert. And it's probably the first time I've, well it is the first time I've ever done this on my own. And that is because it's a topic that I have been putting off sharing for a long time. Until today, I just decided to dive right in and talk about breast implant illness. <laughs> I said it. Even just um, giving it a name and owning it is really difficult for me. Um, poured myself a glass of water and basically have scolded the whole thing. It's important to hydrate, but. Not only during nerves do we need to drink more water, but one of the symptoms of breast implant illness, which I have been suffering, is that your thirst is insatiable. There are so many different things that I want to share with you about this journey that I have been on, and I've not known where to start. Reason being is because and you can just hear how breathy I am. This is just probably the hardest thing I've ever, I've ever done publicly. <clears throat> but I feel compelled to share it with you because I am a wellness expert and I have been teaching wellness for 30 years. It's my life's work and passion. It's my calling to help you and the world live a better quality of life naturally. And that's where I have not been able to forgive myself but over the last 11 months that I discovered that I have breast implant illness, I have started to finally forgive myself about the reason behind why I even put in implants in the first place, because I get it. Nobody will understand why on earth I would do such a thing if I am all about wellness naturally. Here's the thing, we are all human, we all make mistakes and we all, we basically will make mistakes from the lessons that we need to learn. But having said that, as a certified food, lifestyle and wellness coach, I'm such a nurturer in guiding people on a holistic level to figure out what they feel works best for them. So I'm not prescriptive in my training, I don't wish to be. But when you tell me what you feel makes you more well, we expand on that. Because the sufferer is the expert. You, the person, knows, as cliche as it sounds, what's best for you, if we listen to our body. And so putting in breast implants, oddly as it sounded, eight years ago, actually on a psychological level, took my wellness to another level, and here's why. This is the bit that's hard, and I'm just gonna spit it out. But, and again, I said to myself, this podcast doesn't have to be sad, like it's a celebration, because in exactly a couple of days, I'm gonna be on a plane, I'm going to Australia, and I'm about to have these breast implants removed, is an explant journey, it's called, which I'm going to dive deeper into. But the reason I put them in was because on a psychological level, as a child sexual assault survivor, somebody who was interfered with sexually at the age of eight, and I blocked it out for 10 years of my life because nobody was there for me when it happened. And as a child, I didn't know what it was I didn't know how to put it into words. I just thought that that was what life was about. And it was a very confusing time for me for many, many years, in fact, for a whole decade, until it happened to me again at the age of 18. Somebody broke into my house and raped me. And from that moment on, the feelings from when I was eight started making sense that it wasn't the first time that this had happened to me. And that was the day that I needed to start healing and recovering and understanding why I was scared of men, why, so many things, right? <clears throat> I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 19, everybody else in school, you know, they were kissing. Intimacy was dirty, it was disgusting, it was wrong. These were, these were the words I was using to describe an intimate life. So, you know, I had my first relationship when I was 23 that lasted three months and it had always been very difficult for me to have a partner. So when I finally got divorced, I, uh, I had this thing in my head that if I were to, and this is culture that used to be, and I guess it still is now, Accepted that if I were to have implants that it would sexualize my body and for me and I can only speak for myself But the implanting surgeon that put it in said wow I've never heard a story like this before most people are just doing it for aesthetic reasons But for me, it was such a deep psychological reason that I felt like I was going to be another person that it was like when a Warrior goes to war and they put war paint on their face before they go to battle It's like they're preparing for battle for me intimacy was Difficult, so having the implants was preparing me for battle so that in an intimate space, I felt safe. I felt that sexy was safe. And I also had an eating disorder because I would, when I was younger, uh, basically (laughs) eat so much so that I was carrying extra weight. I was 10 kilos heavier than what I was now, am now. And it kind of served me. I didn't want people at the age of 19 to view me as a sexy woman, because I didn't want them to think of me in that space. And so it was safe for me to look overweight and not be viewed as sexy. Now having said that, that was a very different time because we all know that being heavier is still sexy. But that was, was, it was an armor. So there I was, feeling less prepubescent, more like a woman. But having said that, there was nothing wrong with my body. I didn't need to change it. No woman needs to change their body. But I did it and it helped me in my intimate life. And for seven or eight years, I'd forgotten all about the fact that this was even inside me. Until one day, my doctor said to me, Andy, are you okay? And she asked me this because It was a doctor that I had worked with in a practice that I had owned where we co-managed people with chiropractic and her work as a functional medicine doctor. And about four years ago, I got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder from another traumatic incident that happened. And within this time, I had thought that some of the symptoms that I was experiencing like hair loss, rapid hair loss um, was just from the PTSD. Um, and some other contributing factors. I got diagnosed with electromagnetic uh, radiation hypersensitivity when we increased our radiation EMFs with the 5G. So I thought that that's what was going on. That's why my head was buzzing. I had terrible tinnitus, not just in the ears, but, and I still do, around the whole brain. My hair was falling out in chunks. Um, I felt a weird warm sensation in the left, side of my breast. I um, so many. I don't even want to tell you how many symptoms I have because they're scary and I know that our bodies are incredibly adaptive, the cells are listening and I'm so grateful for my body for holding up on me all this time because I've known about the BII for about almost a year now. It's taken me this long to finally go and have an operation because there are no health insurance companies or medicare that will pay for the explant and it's a particular type of surgery that we need because they're not just removing the bag or the sac they're removing the entire surrounding tissue which is called the capsule the scar tissue and that's apparently carcinogenic it's a new type of carcinoma that the fda has announced a few months ago saying that not only can BII cause an early onset of autoimmune disease and bloodborne cancers like lymphoma, but now the surrounding tissue is actually cancerous too. So what I'm going to share with you is that this doctor reached out to me, said, can I help you? And at that point, she wasn't sure whether she should help me or not because I had put a media statement out about four years ago when I got diagnosed with the PTSD saying, please leave my son and I alone um, and finally like a couple of years later she was like not just leaving me alone but seeing if I was okay but my psychologist had noted recently back then that I'd moved from clinical psychology to positive psychology so I was already getting well in terms of the mental health but my symptoms were still there and that's when my doctor had suggested Um, we look at breast implant illness as being the reason for the tinnitus the hair loss and the other issues so i was so grateful for that diagnosis even though i didn't want to believe it i didn't it took me it was like no (laughs) no this isn't happening because i'm a single mom i've got to provide i don't have time to now address this i don't have the money i don't I i just wasn't ready but I went and addressed it anyway. And I went on a huge journey of discovering the right surgeon. So this is a whole nother podcast, but what I want to share with you is that the surgery that I've opted to do is called complete capsulectomy or on block surgery, E-N-B-L-O-C, and it removes very delicately, like taking the, Surrounding scar tissue which is like an eggshell around the egg that is all removed in one go or tried to at least because sometimes there can be an undetected rupture or fold which then becomes a tear or a rupture and the mass needs to come out together as one just in case and then they cut open the scar tissue and inspect what is going on. So I guess I um, That was really important to me that if I was going to remove it, that I was gonna do it properly, like get everything out. Um, The surgery costs about 14,000 US dollars or 14,000 Australian dollars. Because I'm living in the US, it was gonna cost like 20 something thousand dollars because of the exchange rate. And I was just like, how do I afford this? It just became this priority. Like everything that I was doing, everything that I was working towards was saving up for this operation. And um, you know, I just kept it quiet, you know. Everyone's saving up for something. Um, I haven't asked for handouts or anything, but it was—it became my mission, and yeah, I finally have managed to pull the funds together. And after having seen several other surgeons here in the U.S., and when I say several, I'm saying three here and another two in Australia. Normally, people go and have like a second opinion, maybe a third, but. For this type of procedure, the costs vary, the way in which they do, the restructure may vary. I want everyone to know that I am not replacing these. I'm getting rid of it because it is toxic. Um, Whether you think that BII exists or not, or there's not enough research or not, eventually having a foreign object in your body that has toxic substances, will impact on you over time. So let's look at this, it's not just the um, symptoms but it's the body's, what I've learned is it's the body's incredible adaptation that is astounding that you can live with something that's not quite right and it can adapt for so long until eventually the body is like, I just can't anymore. And so rather than just from a mechanistic view or an allopathic model's view, just rather than going, okay, you've got this symptom, you've got that, you've got, you know, sweats or you don't sweat, like a common side effect of breast implant illness is that you don't sweat very much. Um, the body can't detox, so you can also get something called SIBO gut, which is what I've got, small intestinal bowel. Um, yeah, it's... an layering effect if you like of the body just going whoa now there's this to deal with now there's that to deal with and that's really what illness is. Illness is an inability for the body to reach that perfect balance that homeostasis and it just becomes overwhelmed until something gives and so I guess the body has been so overwhelmed. I would like to describe BII as a cytokine storm or an inflammatory response. For example, something that's happened for me is that um, there was a fold detected in the left breast. Now, this is a whole nother thing and I'm still going through this, so I'm still like learning as we go. And I want to share this with you even more, but you don't have to have a rupture you don't have to have a fold for BII to occur sometimes people will find that once they've sent off their bags to the labs to be tested that there might be particles floating around that people still don't understand um, there's mold in the valve um, there is bacteria that could be built and like these are highly toxic for the body so we're not even talking about the ingredients but we're talking about What can happen to the body as a result of having it in there? So I've got this fold, and as we're talking, I can, my my cells like it's drawing attention to that area, and I can feel the inflammation. And I've been living and dealing with this inflammation for a really long time, um, but the fold there, I'm really curious to see when we get it out what if there is an undetected rupture, or if there is mold and bacteria and things like that in there. But from the moment they were put in, I always actually felt something wrong there. So I'm yet to discover what this really is um, because it has been about eight years. Um, Just so you know, I don't share this with you on my social media because I feel like I don't need to. Like we all have awful things that happen to us and we don't, there's so much sadness in the world. We don't need to keep sharing sadness because My whole role is to create inspiration, happiness, and all those things for you. So this is why I've not wanted to share sadness with you. Um, Sounds weird, but I just, I felt like I just wanted to keep you guys happy, if that makes sense. Um, But it's not like I'm ashamed, you know, of being honest or vulnerable. I just wanted you to not have to worry. But then I realized, no, this is really important. We, We need to, I mean, since I started Slowly drip feeding it to you in my social media. I realized that a lot of women were considering Putting them in and I'm so glad that I told them about it because Hopefully you won't now so just so that you understand um, a lot of women do get hair loss and I have got this incredible amount of hair loss as you can see this is not baby hair right here this is um It started about here and it's just kind of traveled up and I've just literally, I'm so lucky, I've got this runway of hair here that I just come forward like a comb over and I'm hiding the fact what's really going on. These are hair extensions which I hope to take out. Um, This side is actually worse. Can you see these hair extensions are in? But there are parts there that are really bald and I'm so looking forward to um, seeing how healthy I can be again. So this is part one of the breast implant illness journey. There's so much more to share with you. I'm excited about the new body that I'm going to have with the potential of you know, healing and, and repairing and detoxing and I call it getting ready to shed. I can't wait to just be free to be me and finally be the woman that I've always wanted to be and without the old narrative that I carried for decades and feel empowered in who I am, owning my scars and being the healthiest version of myself, which is what I'm all about. I really hope this has inspired you. I know that it won't give you all the answers to everything. I know I I can't. I can only give it to you in bite-sized pieces too, but Please send me questions in the comments so that we can have them answered publicly and other people can learn from my answers. Please do reach out to me privately if you don't want to be public about it. And also know that I'm here to coach you, I'm here to support you. Whatever it is that you need, let's be in this together. But if you are a male and you know of a female that is considering surgery or is feeling certain types of symptoms that are BII-related, please support her and I can point you to the right direction in terms of where the best resources are to learn more about breast implant illness. So on that note, thank you so much for joining me on well to do and I hope to hear from you very soon.